What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. I'm really excited for today's show. It should be a good one. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about some, some news. We got some, some breaking news regarding a, a major casting for a Marvel TV series. We'll give you guys the latest on that. We also have a, a big feature for an upcoming DC movie that should be hitting theaters at some point. Again, you know, with COVID, obviously, we don't know what the future holds, but um, one of the movies that are definitely... Uh, highly anticipated had a, had a big feature in a, in a in a trade publication recently so we'll give you guys uh what they had to say about that film and uh some really inside cool uh looks at some some new characters that will be debuting uh in the upcoming year for dc television shows so this should be a really great show i'm excited to talk about it before we get into anything else i do want to first send out a uh, r.i.p to norm spencer Norm Spencer, I, I learned today, passed away. He is the voice of Scott Summers in X-Men, the animated series. Um, if you guys know anything about me or anything about this show or the guys as a whole, you know that X-Men, the animated series is really foundational to our love for superheroes and comic books and Marvel and the X-Men. So uh, this is a massive, massive loss, obviously. So I just want to send uh, my condolences to his family and the fans out there. Um, that, that was uh, very unfortunate to hear. So uh, we dedicate the rest of the show to him. Joining me uh, to talk about all the stuff this week is Shamari Stewart, Sham. Um, one, two of the things we saw happen this week as well, uh, we had one, Tom Holland confirming that Spider-Man is indeed beginning filming. He's gotten the script. He posted a little video, uh, you know, saying that, you know, he wasn't going to spoil anything this time uh, as he was reading his script. But he said he got the script and he'll be uh, working on this project for the next five months. Uh, he's down in Atlanta where they're getting started. We also learned from Sim, uh, Simi Liu, who uh, is the star of Shang-Chi and, uh, and the Ten Rings, that film has finished uh, recording or taping. So uh, all production is now done on that, at least filming and shooting is done on that. Now they're in the production, post-production stage of that film, which is pretty crazy considering we still don't know a lot of the cast or a lot of the story for that movie. So what do you make of two, those two things, Shan? Um, uh, well, I mean, well, first of all, um, as always, happy to be here, happy to be talking with you guys. Um, so uh, those two things are, I mean, first of all, they're both great news. So, of course, Tom Holland uh, being active and, and uh, uh, filming Spider-Man is fantastic news. And, of course, him not spoiling anything is very important. Uh, as well, so make sure he doesn't do that. Um, and uh, Simu Liu, and actually, I I I had found out about the uh, Simu Liu um, uh, finishing finishing. Just of course, just scrolling through social media, you see Simu Liu posting about it. I mean, this is I mean, it's exciting stuff. Um, you know, of course, all of this is contingent on you know COVID and, and going to the movies and the whole movie. Well, Chapek and yeah, all right, <laughs> naming people personally about Chapek. <laughs> Bob Chapik, if you're listening, <laughs> no, I'm sure he's not listening. But um, but uh, I mean, of course, it all, it's all contingent on whether these movie theaters are opening up and when we're going to see these movies or these projects. I mean, nobody really knows. Liberate Marvel. No, don't. <laughs> Let's not even go down that road. <laughs> not trying. Don't liberate anything. Nobody liberating. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, this is all is is such tumultuous times. But it, it's good that they're still working on the projects that that we're looking forward to seeing. 
Yes. Ken- Kendall Kendall's on this show. Obviously, you guys have heard he's made his case for uh, liberating Marvel. Uh, what else you guys say to Kendall? Yeah, nah. Uh, <laughs> and today, day and people take that stuff too seriously. Yeah, obviously, don't liberate. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah. I mean, look, I think the the especially the the Shang Chi thing is definitely interesting because what's what's interesting me about Shang Chi is that this has been a a Marvel movie that has stayed more under the radar. Than I think we've seen in a long time when it comes to the casting and the pre production. Uh, or they the the filming, not even the production, the filming, right. you know, kind of stage of the movie. Um, you know, we typically, I mean, Captain Marvel and you know, Endgame and those types of movies, we had, you know, set photos for everything. We knew what everything was ha- that was happening in the movie in terms of costumes and stuff like that. Shang Chi, we don't even know what he's gonna look like. You know, I think that shows you uh, the difference that that we that we're gonna see with uh, COVID. You know, obviously, we still get set photos, and we got set photos of the Batman and stuff. So it's not like it's not like set photos aren't a thing. But you know, I you know, I think we may even see this movie be increasingly this movie may have increasingly been filmed indoors. You know, because of that. You know, it may not because of that, but well, maybe may because of, I don't know. But um, regardless, this was a this was a much more under the radar uh, filming process and. So it makes us even more intrigued to see what's the first bit of Shang-Chi content we get. Because it can come at any point now, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they can drop it with WandaVision. If they want to drop some Twitter trailer or something like that. I mean, I don't know if they would do that. But if they want to, they could drop it in the winter. They could drop it start the next season, start the like next year. Um, you know, they, they've got, now at this point, they've filmed the stuff already. So they can... As we saw with the Batman, the Batman wasn't even done filming. He had a trailer ready uh, for fandom. So, yeah, now we're at the behest of Kevin Feige uh, as to when we'll see get our first look at Shang-Chi. But that is going to be fascinating. He said that this is going to be, he said it's going to break records. You know, basically yeah. people's minds away. So, yeah, again, Shang-Chi, we always talk about how Marvel does these movies for a reason. Beyond, like, the obvious reasons of... You know, they need an Asian superhero, and, you know, Shang-Chi might actually be a good story, and they want to do their kind of Mortal Kombat type of movie they haven't done yet. There's going to be an MCU connection probably to this movie that we may, that may, that may, that will transcend Shang-Chi itself. We don't know what that is right now. Is it just the Mandarin and the Ten Rings stuff? I mean, possibly, but it could be more than that. Um, so that's, that's something that... Maybe that's what uh, Simu was talking about, or maybe he's talking strictly from a, uh, you know, a groundbreaking type of uh, situation as well, a trailblazing type of situation. So, um, regardless, I'm excited for Shang Chi, uh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I am well, I, I as well, I'm excited for Shang Chi. Um, I, I was very surprised when I heard that shooting was done, um, just because we just had heard so little and we just, I, you know, had many assumptions about obviously production being halted and we knew at times that it, it was halted. Uh, we'll be, I'll be curious to see what this final project looks like. You know, I think that we're in a new era now where these movies that are being filmed around now and next year, uh, I think we're going to have questions about, you know, the final product and how it comes out and how much of these films will be affected um, negatively, potentially by COVID. I'm not saying that this will be negatively affected. I have no idea. I'm just... They put it out there. I think that that's a new reality that we're going to have to live with um, with these movies. And Kendall said, you know, this is a, a film that, you know, of the moral films, we really maybe they've been most uh, close to the vest with in regards to its 
stages of production and, and, and what they're trying to put together. I think the only other movie I can think of in that same ilk is actually a movie we still haven't seen yet, and that's uh, The Eternals. Um, the Eternals as well was a movie that, you know, we come now, this movie should have been out already, and we still don't know very much about The Eternals. We've seen some character designs, and that's all. That's it. We haven't seen anything else. So, um, so the, so, so I, I'm fascinated to see what's going to be going on with uh, Shang-Chi, you know, Simu Lu, you know, obviously he's going to, you know, say, you know, the movie's going to be great. Uh, he did... Uh, put a little extra sauce on it, talking about being it being record breaking, considering we're becoming, you know, post pandemic when this movie is seen. That's uh, certainly some lofty words, but you know, it, it does make you think. Well, maybe Marvel really does have something special here. So I'm looking forward to Shang Chi. Obviously, I'm looking forward to Spider Man. It is crazy to me, just like where we are in regards to, like, you know, unfortunately we're in this country while our death rates are, are much lower i mean our infection rates are as high as ever and you know in march and april and may you know there was no thought about even trying to do movies and production and things like that and i assume because of our advancements in testing that's where we are now so that's why i guess these companies feel a little more uh comfortable moving forward with production but it, to me it's just crazy that this is even beginning i would have assumed spider-man would have had been delayed by production but Seems like that's full speed ahead as well. So we'll be excited to see what other updates come from both of those films now that they enter new phases. Let's uh, let's continue now with the show and the top story for this week. And boy, was it a uh, it, it a big a big scoop here. So according to multiple reports, Star Wars and X Men Apocalypse star Oscar Isaac is in negotiations to play Mark Spector in Marvel Disney series uh, Moon Knight. Obviously, Moon Knight Mark Spector is a pro boxer turned mercenary who gets his powers from the egyptian moon god during a job turned bad he's then he then uses uh, multiple aliases each later established to be actual multiple personalities um separate from specter to help fight crime so shamari i'm very curious we kind of had a little chat uh, we have you know our group text messaging we, uh, we gave initial thoughts on it you said you had plenty of say on isaac being uh cast as moon knight so I'm going to give you the floor first, and, see, and I'm very curious to know what do you have to say now that this is uh, uh, close to being a done deal here. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, first of all, I mean, you all, you guys know I'm a fan of Oscar Isaac. I think he's a fantastic actor. I've seen many of his movies. I've never once been disappointed. He's also in the new uh, another upcoming movie, Dune, that's coming out. Um, based on a, a, this is a huge sci-fi epic. Uh, Villanueva, yeah, yeah. maybe I did uh, by Denise Villanueva, and, and he's casting that. I know who he's playing. I think he's going to do a great job in that role. I think he's typecast for that as well. And, I mean, he's just he's kind of on a roll right now in terms of these these roles that he's getting, um, with the exception of Apocalypse. But I mean, that wasn't really his fault. Um, now, of course, EJ, me and you were having a discussion with regards to Moon Knights. Um, you know, being a Jewish, someone of Jewish uh, heritage and background, now, yeah. I'm not, I'm not as familiar with Moon Knight's character, so I don't know how much his Judaism is is part of his character. Um, so, so I mean, it, it, I think it still remains to be seen whether them casting Oscar Isaac is going to be something that is. See, it, it be seen as controversial in any kind of way, I don't know. 
Um, uh, but that that is something that will be interesting to see. Um, now, the one thing I would say in terms of 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 w- making you wonder, okay, will it really be seen as a big deal? Is I mean, we've had other other non-Jewish actors play Jewish characters. Like we had, um, now I know Magneto isn't a hero necessarily, so I don't know if the Jewish community is rocking hard for Mag- going hard for Magneto. Right, right. But his Jewish background is very important. Yeah. And it's very, certainly very traumatic, uh, you know, I, I would think yeah. with regards to to the Jewish community. Um, and neither Fassbender nor Ian McKellen are, are Jewish, you know, yeah, and, yeah. I, mm. and I don't know if if that was a thing, I don't, I don't know if that's something. Right. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't, and I just wasn't aware. But, um, but you know, so the, that didn't seem to really ruffle any feathers. I, t- I I tend to believe that this won't cause any problems with regards to that. Um, like I said, unless I get like I said, I'm not as familiar with Moon Knight. I don't know if his his culture and his heritage has a lot to do with his character. But that is regardless, that is something to look look forward to. I'm looking forward to Oscar Isaac playing this character. I think Oscar Isaac is someone that Feige and and I think they'll have a lot of fun with um, with him. I feel like he has a lot of depth as an as an actor, and it's not really seen in some of the roles that he's done. Like in Star Wars, you didn't really see that as much. Um, but I, having seen him in other things, I mean, I think he he really has a lot to offer. He is a lot. He has a lot of range in terms of what he's able to do. So. I'm very interested in seeing what he's able to do as Moon Knight. Yeah, and and you know one of the things about this casting, Kendall, because I you know I posted and I, I, I this is how I feel you know I feel like you know Isaac is a fantastic actor. I think everything outside of the Judaism and what's honestly kind of ironic, of course, his name is Oscar Isaac, and you know that led me to think, well, is he is he actually Jewish? Because you know obviously his last right. name and there, I actually was point to a very good story about how he came to use Oscar Isaac as his stage name. You know, Isaac is his middle name and he has a an ethnic uh, Latino uh, last name and, you know, uh, people would think that he was Jewish when, you know, they 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 booked him. But to me, I, I just feel like this could be an opportunity lost, Kendall. You know, I think that, you know, this country unfortunately has seen a rise in anti Semitism and while we have had Magneto we've, and we've had other characters, um, we haven't had a superhero, I think, really have their Judaism really out in the forefront. You know, when we, you know, Shmari says, how important is this Judaism to him? I, to me, it's it's a little similar, not completely, but it's, it is kind of, to me, somewhat related to kind of like uh, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Murdock's uh, Catholicism. Like, to me, that that is pretty important. I, I don't think that it should be thrown away like i don't think you just make you know mad at a buddhist like people would not be happy about it or if you just kind of ignored the whole um religion aspect to his character i think that that would also um kind of sell short all the complexities that come with murdoch i think the same can be said for uh mark specter so to me i think that that is a little bit of a missed opportunity now what i will say is i think moon knight's obscurity could allow Marvel to get away with this because let's just be honest. A lot, most people don't know who Moon Knight is. They never heard of him, and I'm talking about just a mainstream American, you know. And you, there are some superhero fans who never heard of Moon Knight. So there's, so there's, a, there, so they they have a little freedom to do a, a lot of what anything anything that they want with this, 
And I'm curious to see, you know, is Judaism going to be a part of his story? Will they just get rid of it completely? Uh, they may have a chance to get away with it, Kendall. But the one thing I will add lastly is, as I texted you guys, there is when it comes to um, pointing out slights and, 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 and uh, gathering and rallying behind causes, of all the ethnic communities, the Jewish community is as effective at messaging um, as poss- uh, as maybe any other community. So I'm very fascinated to see how this will play out as we get closer to this show coming to fruition. Yeah, no, this is going to be uh, interesting. Um, I've always personally not had as big of an issue uh, with not casting... 100% to a person's race or religion. Um, if if the appearance... If, I mean, if it looks ridiculous, and you, if you're trying to pull off something that looks ridiculous, then I'll call you out. But if you're either going to change the character, the character's story, or if the if the person that is playing... the If the, if the, if the actor that's playing the character can pull off, from a visual standpoint, what he is playing, then there's no reason why I don't think these people can do it. Um, you know, like The Rock. We're talking about The Rock playing Black Adam. Like he's not Egyptian or from the Middle East or anything. <laughs> yeah, you know? which I mean, that's still that. That's another thing that we're keeping out. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> to, see, to see exactly how people are. Gonna, you know, people are gonna yeah, that. right. That, I, I think I, I argue that's probably more controversial in terms of yeah. It, it, like when people actually research Black Adam, because right. the they will. Yeah, eventually, yeah, especially because it's the Rock's movie, you know. And people are gonna be like, uh, mm. I mean, he played the Mummy before, but I mean, that was before all this stuff. Yeah, well, before, that was a different time. Before you know, nine eleven and all, yeah. before all this stuff happened. Yeah, it was you know? a different time. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, I mean that. Look, you know, we we've seen these types of situations before, and it, it, it again, if like the Rock can pull off Black Adam from a visual standpoint. Like you, right. you can yes. sell me on the rock being yes. a he, the rock has always been 100%. visually ambiguous, you know. So he can play a lot of different characters when he needs to. But you know, and I think Oscar Isaac has kind of been that as well. You know, he can I play agree. a lot of different characters, and agree. you know, could like, I to me that's why I, I feel like this is, a, this is a scenario where it's like, could you sell me on, a, you know, Oscar Isaac being Jewish? Like again, EJ had to look it up, and obviously you can you can you know look however you want and be Jewish. Obviously, it was a, a whole another conversation. Right. Right. But, yeah. Um. So like, to me, like that's that's why I'm not like that's why I'm not losing. You know, that's why I'm I'm not like this is gonna it's gonna offend me personally. But uh, again, I'm not Jewish, so I, I don't know. You know, this isn't it's necessarily for me. But these kinds of situations never really irked me. Again, it's only when it looks ridiculous, where you're I trying mean, to sell me on the rock playing, you know, an Asian character or something, where it's like yeah. oh, that's not the who the guy's supposed yeah. to be. I mean, I think, and we've had discussions before about about turning changing Magneto, making him like a black person. Yeah, we've had those conversations, and those conversations are ongoing in the in the yeah, community. Those are still about. I, I still think that's very controversial. Yeah, yeah. You guys know we've talked about. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's I, a different level. Like, that's very. Controversial. Yeah, that's a different level of like you know deforming the. Yeah, in the, terms of Jewish history. And, right. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's a character's yeah. trauma. Yeah, yeah, and I think Marvel, Marvel's got to. <laughs> we talk about like you know, really kind of treading lightly. You know, they have to really tread those waters lightly when it comes to yeah, whatever they're going to do with Magneto, because uh, especially during these times, you know, you, you know, education is important. And, oh yeah, you know, they don't yeah, want to look be. like oh, you know, yeah, during these times, yeah, we're changing history. They can't be doing any of that. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens with Magneto. Um, but ultimately, I wouldn't want them to cast an actor that is Jewish 
but they didn't feel it was a good fit for the role just because he's, he's the best Jewish actor. And, and, and I and I think and I think I agree with that as well. There were some fair. good people on the table. You know, I you know I don't know how people fell off Shia LaBeouf. You know, I I thought that would have been interesting. You know, I, Oscar Isaac, if we're being honest, is a more way more legitimate actor right now than Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he, yeah, he's better know, than Shia. Yeah, you know, Shia LaBeouf has skill, but you know, he's you know he he can be all over the place sometimes. Um, but Oscar Isaac right now, I mean, that's somebody who can. Who, I mean, you're talking about Dune and the Star Wars trilogy, Ex Machina. Like he's yep. he's got he's got a track record now that is that is is really is really good. Um, Daniel Radcliffe was somebody I would have been interested to buy. You know, that's another Jewish actor. Who knows? If he wanted to play the part. I feel like he may have been on the record about wanting to do it. I don't. I don't remember. But he, he had been linked. To, he had been linked to the project, but I don't know if there was ever anything solid about his. Um, yeah, I don't know if he ever said anything about it. Right. Um, there, you know, again, there was a lot of fan stuff, and you know, there there been you know some people kind of I don't want to say people making stuff up, but people, you know, reporting uh, like you said, it wasn't concrete, but. Again, I mean, you know, if did Radcliffe, I, personally, I would have went with Radcliffe if you could have gotten him. But I don't know, maybe his number was too high, maybe he didn't want to do it. Um, or maybe, look, I can understand from an actor, act, actor to actor perspective, them saying we'd rather have Oscar Isaac for his role than Daniel Radcliffe. Um, they may not feel Radcliffe was the right fit for the role. They may not feel like, you know, what they're going for. Like they're totally, they're, they're completely different actors. So, <laughs> and to into this into this point, we still don't we haven't. This would be the first Latino superhero in Marvel universe, right? I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. There isn't. I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like you know they just didn't pick like some, you know, just another, uh, you know, Protestant white man. You know, I mean, they went with something. They still, they yeah. still, I, still infuse I, diversity. I mean, obviously, if we're talking like the MCU, like the, the, I mean, we had Ghost Rider. Um, we'll see what happens with Ghost Rider, yeah. but uh, I'm hearing that there, there are whispers of, um, uh, geez, I forget her name. It's like something. For, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whispers about her as well. Yeah. 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 Um. They, they, and they, look, the Robbie Reyes scene was great. It doesn't seem like they're not going to do Robbie Reyes, right, in the new one, which is unfortunate. Yeah, no, um, that's not what they're saying. So, but, you know, I don't think that they will lean into Oscar Isaac being Hispanic as much as we did, as much as they did, like, obviously, like, Ghost Rider. But, I don't know, it could be wrong. You know, I'm not giving them enough credit. But, um, you know, I don't think that that'll be uh, something that they lean into. I don't know what they're going to do. I, you know, stuff for me to speculate is too early. Like, uh, he'll probably be Jewish, I would imagine, because, again, you can't can't just you know completely change the character but i don't know it's gonna it's, look it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating either way um you know i mean again it's this i think in terms of just talent which in the end of the day you know to some degree this should that really should be all that matters i mean isaac i think is a home run uh, again i think the importance of being part of history with uh with uh franchises that you know are kind of um unique in its fan base and and the and the passion behind it um he has his talent level is through the roof pretty much when it comes to acting so uh and i think that when it comes to besides the the jewish stuff like i think in terms of just what we're gonna need you know someone who's who's very a physical actor who can do all the stunts and look the part um in being able to do all the stunts 
and and to be played, you know, again, these figures that he needs to be, whether it be, you know, the multi-billionaire playboy guy or if it's the cabbie, like, I think that he could do all those things. And, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see some of the range he may be able to show by seeing that multiple personality disorder come through and how he'll uh, play that up. I think he can do a great job. So overall, I can't be too mad at the at the hire. I just think that, you know, I do wonder what the what what benefit could have happened if they would have went with a traditional um, Jewish actor for this uh, Jewish role. You know, you know, this Jewish role, you know, one of the more prominent superheroes that really um, where their Jewish background is really a big part of their character. But nonetheless, now, what, I'm excited for this show and I'm excited to see what they do. Last thing on this. Last, uh, last thing I'll say is that we'll. You know, from a marketing perspective, did they feel like, like visually, you know, if you put a Jewish actor in this, again, it could be anybody, but, you know, if you're talking to Shia LaBeouf or you're talking to uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, they talked about Nick Kroll earlier today, which, you know, I thought it was funny how, like, the Nick Kroll stuff started going on, coming out there, and then, like, you know, a couple minutes later, you know, Oscar Isaac, because everybody was talking about how crazy that would be they went with Nick Kroll and whatnot. But, uh, like if you went with one of them, um, people like how many people actually even realize? You know what I mean? Like how how many people would even know that Moon Knight is a Jewish superhero? Because he's well, I think what what to me I think that I think that that comes with the reporting and with the promotion of the movie. Like as soon as one of those gentlemen gets cast, that's part of the article. Yeah, that's all. And that, yeah, you're putting that in forefront. Like, when you read these articles about Moon Knight, they don't really talk much about his Judaism because it doesn't make sense with Isaac Isaac. And in some ways, I feel like it's kind of omitting a big part of the story, but it's just, that just goes, that's just the rollout. You know, the rollout is different if it's those characters, those actors. So I think that's, a, it becomes a big deal. I, I, yeah. I'm thinking more of like when the movie comes out or when the show comes out with like trailers and you know you know posters and stuff like people are like oh you know this guy's a Jewish super like obviously you know it's not gonna be it's not Black Panther or Shang-Chi or anything like that where it's and obviously it's you, know, you know it's a religion so it's like right exactly. it's, it's, it's different um there's so little things like, there's little things you can do but it's again it's I think that the thing where it's not that's not going to move the needle enough financially for them to make that a uh, compromise. And I look, I don't know. We yeah. will never. Know. <laughs> no, I, I get that. Um, let's move on now. Let's talk about the Suicide Squad. So the movie, which is obviously being directed by James Gunn, was uh, was heavily featured in the Empire, uh, uh, and, and they did a, a big featurette. They had some new pictures. They did some interviews, and James Gunn. Uh, provided some context for how we should be watching this movie in comparison to Suicide Squad from 2016 that was directed by David Ayer. But the the context he gave really, to me, only added more confusion, which is maybe by design. We'll see. So um, when asked about how this movie, you know, plays alongside the first movie, Gunn says, quote, it's his own thing. It does not contradict the first movie, I don't think. It might in some small ways, I don't know. So, not very committal in where this movie lies. Though he does say that this movie, he, in his eyes, doesn't he doesn't think it contradicts the first movie, only maybe in small ways. Um, and then he, he actually went on to um, give uh, some praise to David Ayer, 
who said he said I know Suicide Squad didn't come out how David wanted it to come out, but he did one really really great thing, and that is he picked fantastic actors to work with, and he has dealt with these actors and building these characters in a really deep and fearless way. It's something David definitely deserves to be lauded for, and it's definitely added to this movie. Um, and then finally, one uh, notion away from obviously how this movie connects to the 2016 film. He talked about the freedom he was given uh, to kill off all these characters. And that's something we've talked about a lot in this show. He said, uh, in the Suicide Squad, some of the characters end up being good. Some end up being terrible. They don't just get in fights and say they're going to kill each other. They actually do get in fights and kill each other. You really don't know who's going to live and who's going to die. I was given full freedom to kill anyone. And I mean anyone by DC. So, Kendall, what do you make of... uh, Gunn's kind of non-committal comments on the connection between this movie and the first film, and then his last comments about uh, the freedom he has to off any of the characters that we will see on the big screen in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Like, you know, is this movie living kind of in its own bubble of like, you know, not really connected to too much? Um, again, when you bring back a lot of the same actors and a lot of the same characters, it makes you think that they're the connection to the larger DC universe and to the first one in general. Um, but this idea that, I mean, look, he's saying, you know, Harley Quinn's on the table. Is that just a marketing ploy? Is that just like a thing to excite people? Or, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things where it seems so ridiculous that like, I don't know if he's bluffing, you know? So, like, it's not like I feel like, oh, if it happens, like, it's a spoiler, you know, because, like, I still don't believe him. Like, like I dare you to, to, to off Harley Quinn in a, in a, in a Suicide Squad movie. So, it, it's, so it's going to be interesting to see what what ends up happening with this movie. But, um, but I think we're finally seeing that Warner Brothers gets the true spirit of Suicide Squad. Um, you know, I think last time they did this movie, I think they knew the potential. And I think they saw the potential, but I don't think that they knew. Um, I don't think they really knew how to do Suicide Squad from a from like a a, a studio standpoint. I think you know, David Ayer he'll tell you it's the it's, it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and the studio was you know Edward Scissorhands and chopped it up or I don't know. But regardless, the studio came from the perspective of they thought they saw the big names, they saw they added the Joker, they saw Harley Quinn involved, you know they brought in these big actors and wanted to make it this 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 fest of like just just you know nonsense but it in reality what what the suicide squad is and always has been for a lot of people that that are even bigger diehard suicide squad fans than than any of us is that it's you know you you that nature of the job that they're doing it was never really portrayed in the first movie the 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 stakes that are at hand and the situation that's at hand in every mission that they go on, which is why they have the name Suicide Squad, is was not those stakes weren't felt in that first movie. And a lot of that was due to the marketing, it was due to the, the casting. You just knew certain people weren't gonna go. I mean, you knew Deadshot wasn't gonna go in the first ten minutes of the movie. Like again, they just they botched they botched that whole thing. So this movie's done a much better job of giving from a studio and a marketing perspective, evening out the pie. In terms of who is being, who's the face, who's the front man, you know, every actor is being featured equally. You know, I'm not seeing more Margot Robbie and Idris Elba than I am Michael Rooker. You know, all these characters and all these actors are getting featured. So, um, I, you know, I think they've done the only thing that they've really announced, or the only thing they've really done to kind of, you know, 
favor or shade to another character or actor is the Cena show that they announced, which, again, doesn't really mean that, you know, he's not going to go in the first five minutes. So, I mean, th- this is going to be they've done an excellent job. Again, I think they've they've the studios understanding the spirit of the of the movie and the spirit of the property that they're that they're using. And James Gunn might be because it might be a part of that. But him making these comments about Harley Quinn uh, shows you that he gets something that I don't think that they got before. Mm-hmm. You agree yeah. with that, Sam? Yeah, I do agree. Um, I mean, I, but I think we, I think all of us probably expected this from Gunn. He seems like someone that would understand the Suicide Squad. Seeing how he leaped at the opportunity to do this movie shows that he understands the Suicide Squad. And, um, you know, even just, you could watch any of the Guardians movies and see, yeah, I want this guy doing Suicide Squad. You know, so, um, I mean, with regards to whether it's it has to do with the whether it follows the timeline of the other um, universe. I mean, to be honest, I don't care all that much as long as as long as it's a good movie. Whether it does, I mean, fine. If it doesn't, um, you know, fine. I mean, both. I mean, even Birds of Prey didn't, didn't really reference too much of really much of anything with regards to what happened previously in in Suicide Squad. Um, so I expect I kind of expect this movie to go the same go down the same route of you know not really going to reference the other Suicide Squad or the only thing is this is the same movie essentially so you makes you wonder okay is she going to reference that she did this before you know <laughs> you did the exact same thing before with the bombs and the things yeah. so I so yeah it's 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 confusing it's confusing it's it's um you know it's strange whichever route he decides to take, I am not going to mind one bit. I'm not going to say, oh, I throw my hands in the air in the theater. Oh, why didn't he, you know, follow the other storyline? I'd be like, all right, fine, whatever. As long as it's a good movie, it's a James Gunn Suicide Squad movie, I'm going to be happy. And I'm glad that everyone is um, potentially going to die. I think most people in this movie are going to die. I, I agree with that, by the way. Most of the people in this cast are not going to make it's it. It's a huge cast. and It's a very large by cast. By the third it act, need you to can't have you know, 15 people out there. Yeah, it doesn't need to be that large. So a lot of these people are going to die. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a good chance that maybe only two or three people, maybe even if that, uh, survive this. I think that the reason why, um, you, know, you know, everybody was very fascinated about what the roster was going to look like. And the roster, they went way more obscure I think then a lot of people expected for this movie and part of that reason I think was because I think Gunn wouldn't have the freedom to kill pretty much everyone and you know is this movie rated R? Do we get a word on that yet? I don't remember. I believe so yes. Yeah I'm almost certain it is. Yeah, yeah. so I think that that feature right? Yeah. Yeah so I think to me with that being said yeah I think that you know there's a very good chance you'll see almost everyone I, I don't think I don't think even everyone getting killed is, is impossible. Like I think that that is very possible. I don't want to say it's likely. I think someone will survive. I think Harley being the person that makes the most sense. But um, I think the number, I would be very surprised if that number is above four or five. If that, I think that really this will be kind of a bloodbath. But in regards to his comments, I mean, to me, I think that was, what's happening here is I think I think the connection to the first film, I think, is essential to this movie. And that's why James Gunn is playing games. I think because to me, otherwise, it doesn't make sense to 
to play this many games, this many games for this long. I mean, we're technically again, we don't know when we're going to see movies ever again, but technically, we're really far along the process now in terms of like we should probably have a better understanding of how this movie relates to the last movie. And I think he can't say anything, in my opinion. I think until we at least see a trailer. I think that that trailer will probably open our eyes more into exactly where does this movie stand. I do think there is a connection, but we won't really know it until we see the trailer or the movie. And him saying it, I think, will spoil it. Because, um, again, I don't think it makes this much sense to be this coy this late. At this point in the game, it's like, why would you just say if it's not uh, connected, just say it's not connected. And to me, I think it is, but he just can't really get into detail about why. So that's that's kind of how I took um, these comments, and I, I did think it was interesting that he, he gave uh, Ayer some respect. I, I actually, to be honest, agree with almost everything he said there, because I, I don't think anyone really had an issue with almost any of the castings for the suicide, for the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, it was more of the writing. It was it was the story was um, a disaster. You know, maybe you know some people may have issues with uh with uh. You know, Jared Leto's Joker as a polarizing casting, but he wasn't part of the Suicide Squad. I mean, you talk about the actual squad. I think everyone had a uh, was pretty good with all the the casting. They just wished that the story would have been better fleshed out. So I think that part of the reason, Shane, why Gunn I think jumped at this because I think he saw the talent that was there and I think he wanted to build on it. I don't think he wanted to be married to that first movie, which is why I think he's trying to do his own thing and do, and do something a little more. Um, a little more adult, so to speak, but but I, I do think that he he did respect. I think what was established, and I I, I think there was good reason to be to have respect for it because it's hard to really argue about a cast you know a cast that includes Viola Davis, Margot Robbie. Like I mean, you know, at a certain point, like you got to just give it up and say, yeah, this is a pretty strong you know talented cast. You just got to put him in the right uh, position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cast was fantastic, and. I mean, the first Suicide Squad is a, is a mediocre movie. Yes, it, it is very mediocre. Let's be clear. I, I watched it this year. It's very but mediocre. It's, but it has its fun moments. And it does have a fun vibe to it. Yep. And, and I mean, you have to give it its credit. The cast is, is great. It's a great cast. Yep. So, you know, I mean, you have to give credit where credit is due in that regard. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think I think Gun and and, and John, James Gunn knows that he knows he inherited a decent cast. He he has his own great cast as well, very talented actors and actresses. But um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And last thing on this, I think Kendall made an astute uh, observation when he said that he didn't think that. I mean, some people say it was obvious, but I think it was astute, and particularly in the point I'm going to make, he made the the, the point that you know he didn't think that. The studio, Warner Brothers, knew what to do with the Suicide Squad. And hence, we got the product that we got. Uh, I totally agree with that. I think that, to me, they tried to make the Suicide Squad kind of cool. And it isn't. <laughs> like, like I think James Gunn has a better idea of... The Suicide Squad is kind of cheesy. It's kind of always been cheesy. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, um, these over-the-top ragtag villains who aren't doing their jobs well, hence why they're in jail... Um, are now kind of get this mop, get this mop up duty of trying to do these impossible tasks that they know they really probably shouldn't be able to do, but they do it only by force and with the hope that they one day will be able to go back to their normal villainy days uh, away from Bell Rev. And 
I think the first movie wanted to be too cool. I think he wanted to kind of lean into, hey, like these are cool characters, they're sexy, they're hot, and that's not the Suicide Squad. Like they they totally totally missed the boat on that. And when we make our critiques, and I don't want to make this again about air, but when we make our critiques about this, you know, what went wrong, I think that that was probably the like foundational. Was just they tried to make the Suicide Squad cool. Like they just it, the movie just kind of screams like two thousand and five, like. Like X Men first, X Men three and Spider Man three. Like to me, it's in that same genre of superhero movie where it's like you're doing too much. Like tap this town, make this more simpler, and this would be a this could have been a fantastic movie, you know. And I, I see me, it seems like Gunn definitely has the tone right. He definitely seems to be much more closer to what the Suicide Squad is, at least in terms of the source material. The question is, can he make that source material into a good movie? I don't see why you can't because I think it's I think it's kind of easy, but who's to say? I mean, Gunn's a great filmmaker, but anybody any great filmmaker can make a bad movie. So I'm not gonna say this is absolutely gonna work, but but in terms of the right tone, I don't I don't think DC and Warner Bros had a chance with how they were doing Suicide Squad in 2016. I think they at least have a chance with how they're doing this movie, and I'm excited to see how they uh how they do the finished product with that. Um. But uh, next story we got to talk about, guys, is, um, again, we got some really exciting first looks at some characters that will be making debuts in the upcoming year for some DC shows. So first, we finally got our first look at the Red Hood, who we played, of course, by Corin Walters, who has played Jason Todd in the first two seasons of Titans. He'll debut as Red Hood in Titans 3. He comes with the, the full red helmet. He's got the you know the, the bulletproof vest look with the jacket, and now he has a, he has an actual red hood over his head. Um, I thought he looked fantastic. I thought it was a really great look. And then um, on the flip side, we got our first look at uh, Javicia Leslie's Batwoman. So of course Ruby Rose left the role. Now we have Leslie, who was wearing a pretty similar costume. Not too many changes, but there is no. Uh, I noticed it doesn't seem like there's any wig there, or if it is. It's, it's really not you know, red or super pronounced like we the one obviously that we're used to seeing from uh, from um, from you know the normal Kate Kane. So uh, I'll give this one to Sham first. What do you make of uh, the Red Hood and DC and Titans? And what do you make of uh, Ryan Wilder for uh, Batwoman? Um, I think they both look fantastic. I think the Red Hood looks amazing. I mean, with, with regards to Titans, I, I really... Like, at first I was shocked. I was like, wow, that looks really good. But then I was like, oh, yeah, this is Titans. All their costumes look really good. Yeah, I posted that. I said they really, I mean, they've really knocked it out of the park on quite a few at this point. Like, yeah, really? you know, really besides, like, like Starfire and Beast Boy, like, I, you know, right. every other, all the other ones have been great. And yeah. Starfire has even had her moments. It's not... I don't know. I don't honestly. I don't think we've actually seen a Starfire costume yet. I think we're still yeah. working towards that. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't think we've really seen a, a quote right. costume for either of them yet. Right. But I agree with that. But I agree. That, I mean, the wardrobe is pretty basic, just in terms of what it is. But but for everyone that has a costume, the costumes look amazing. I mean, they all look great. I was surprised at how good the the Dick Grayson Robin costume looked when it first I first saw it on screen. I was like, wow, this is like a legit superhero costume. Like yeah, a, this yeah, is like a movie. this is like a legit movie level. This looks better than some of the movie. It looks better than Bale's Batman. Yeah, but like this look. This looks like a yeah. really good costume. <laughs> you know, like wow. And this looks. This red hood looks fantastic. So, so yeah, I mm, 
uh, yeah, this new season of Titans is another is another one just to be very hyped about. Um, you know, of course, we don't know where the pitfall is going to be regardless when it comes to the story and all that. But but either way, I'm excited <laughs> to see Jason Todd, <laughs> Red Hood. I don't know how they're going to get there. Ra's al Ghul, Dizer's Pit. Who knows? Sorry, like the Berlanti Cliff is coming. The uh, Titans Cliff. Look, <laughs> I mean, but we'll see what happens. But, um, but I I really like the Batwoman costume as well. I think she looks better than Ruby Rose did in in the Batwoman costume. And I, I don't mean to be like biased or oh this one looks better than that one yeah, because of this. Or that. Sta- I'm not I'm not even, I'm not even trying to be all like you know look Ruby Rose looked she looked she looked good. Um, but this is I don't know I don't know, maybe it's the shot maybe it's the pictures I'm like this looks dope. So I mean look we'll see what happens with Batwoman. Uh, but I'm liking the look so far. It was funny, uh, Kendall, real quickly. Just it was funny, Kendall, was hearing Shan talk about Titans and, and every, you know, I feel like everyone. I mean, I don't want to say everyone because there are plenty of people who have unconditional love for Titans. And shout out to them because uh, you know, you know, Titans is a, is, a, is a, has a show that has great moments and um, a loyal fan base, and and I love seeing that, especially for any you know superhero show. But it is funny for like people who aren't in that kind of like stand category in terms of Titans fan scandal to hear people try to explain Titans to other people. Like Shamari, you know, like saying this these costumes are always great and like, you know, this looks really great, but I don't know what's gonna happen. And it's funny because when I posted on my Instagram the costume for Jason Todd, you know, someone asked me, How is Titans? Like I watched the first episode and I really didn't like it, so I didn't continue. And I like every time I've gotten that question multiple times from multiple people, and every time I'm like, I don't even know how to explain Titans. Like it has this, if you're a superhero fan, like it has like great, like legitimately great moments, but like it also has like real head scratchers. And when it's trying too hard, man, does it really fall apart? And it doesn't know how to finish the season. <laughs> so it's like I don't know what to say. To say is it a good show? It's like I don't know how to answer that. Like, I really don't. Because it's like, what do you... It really becomes more of, like, what do you think is a good show? Like, I find things that I like about it, hence why I keep watching. But I totally hate a lot of things that they do. So, it was, like, far even trying to explain his excitement for Red Hood and then having to have that caveat. I think it's just, like, the lamest man's dilemma with trying to explain Titans to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's why I am more reserved in my excitement for either one of these uh two two situations i mean when it comes to batwoman i mean she looks like back she looks like batwoman um you know so i i mean i'm excited I'm excited to see you know the, where they go with that story because i you know i mean we 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 make fun of that show but it, it was it was fun um it, it, it was one of those shows that tried whether or not you know we liked what they were doing at times you know they, they had times where they were trying similar to titans both these oh, shows yeah. you know deserve that credit. i agree with that they, they go for it yeah, we've seen shows oh, yeah. that, you know, kind of spin their wheels and they don't go for it, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. punt. every episode is a punt. And it's like, you know, I mean, yeah. The Flash, the last couple of seasons has been like that for a lot, yeah, a lot of the time. So, you know, I, I give both these shows credit in that they are watchable because that they, they do try. You never know what they're going to do. Sometimes it, they go the other way and it, it completely tanks, but sometimes they have moments where you're, you're glued to the TV. So... Um, you know, I'm excited for both of these two things, both these two projects to work themselves out. Uh, I don't have high confidence um, that I, you know, I mean, I think the Batwoman thing could be fine. You know, I mean, Ruby Rose is fine. I think uh, Javicio Leslie should be fine. Um, whether or not the story will be fine is a whole nother conversation. And, yeah, you know, Kern Walters, you know, I mean, 
he's I think he's been a very good Jason Todd. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, Titans as a whole has been, I think, similar to what we talked about with Suicide Squad, I think the cast has been strong. I don't think there's anybody in, this, in, the, in the Titans cast where I'm like, man, you know, if they could just replace this person, man. Or, right. You know, like, they, they, they've done a pretty good job in terms of identifying actors and actresses to, to specific characters. It's just, um, it's just this, the, everything is so sped up and everything is so, you know, to 100. I mean, that, I saw people, the first thing when they, when they posted the Jason Todd stuff, people were kind of already just asking, why are we doing Jason Todd already? You know, why this, this the biggest problem with the show is that the show likes to speed this stuff up and no character development. So it, it's a little bit of like vintage Titans. Like it's 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 almost like a caricature of a Titans move to put Jason Todd in now, but or the red, red the red hood in now. Um, but it's where it's supposed to go, you know, hinted, you know, the rumors have been that they may we may even be getting a red hood show at some point uh, in the near future. So. I mean, I'm excited. They did Deathstroke really good, so that's my thing. They did a really good Deathstroke. They deserve a lot of credit for that. And if you can do a really good Deathstroke, I'm willing to listen to your Red Hood. So um, I'm excited, but uh, I am cautiously uh, nervous. Cautiously optimistic, but uh, emphasis on the cautiousness. Right. Um, I think both costumes look outstanding. Uh, I, I love the Red Hood look. I mean, I really thought that, you know, to some degree, it's kind of you look at it and say it should be kind of easy, but as we've learned, like you know, these people mess up this crap all the time. <laughs> like costumes that should be easy, like they just don't get right. And the one thing I can say is, you know, I didn't have much. I, there wasn't really much of a lack of faith that Titans would get this right because, as Shamari has said, I mean, when they've got down to true costuming, there's not one I dislike. You know, again, we haven't really gotten a true costume for Beast Boy or, or Starfire, and that has been a little annoying for me. But if you're talking about Robin, if you're talking about Nightwing, which, of course, you know, I'm a Nightwing stand here. Uh, we're talking about um, everyone else. I mean, they've all been just mm-hmm. great. I mean, Donna Troy, uh, Aqualad, uh, Hawk and Dove. Yeah, every yeah. Duffstroke. I mean, just all just they knocked everyone out of the park. So. This looks outstanding. Um, I'm really excited to see this character. I'm just, you know, the one thing about Jason Todd that is important, though, is, you know, this Red Hood journey, so much of it is is is, is ingrained with what happened with Death in the Family. So the fact that you're not doing, it doesn't, I don't know if we're not doing that, to be fair. But we haven't seen anything that they were going to go that route yet now i don't know if this we're gonna flash forward and somehow you're gonna come to this point but um you know we see him kind of retire as robin and then leave so i i am as kendall said a little cautious with like okay how does this turn for the red hood make sense if we don't go down that path of the red of uh of death in the family with him being killed by the joker and be brought back to life part of me is excited to see okay well what will you do different like how, like maybe this one up being really cool and the other side is like, well, we know the canon that was established is Teflon. It is, I think it is, it is one of the most, like, in terms of, like, what Batman stories are just, like, not debated or argued about as being fantastic. I think Batman Under the Red Hood, I think, is just, like, is right there, like, with anything. Like, I don't think anyone, and I remember when they said they were remade Jason Todd and they were going to make him the Red Hood, 
and how controversial that was. But once they told the story out and once they played everything out, it it was just it, now again, it's, it's just part of our normal conversation, just like when we gave Batman Damien and how that was controversial. And Damien was awesome. So he just is part of our conversation. He's one of the Robins now. Um, so so part of me saying, OK, you're not you're not it doesn't appear you're doing that canon. You can't possibly do that canon because you're not, you're, you haven't already retired as Robin before being Red Hood and doing anything with the Joker. So, uh, so you know, I'm curious to see what, what happens with that and if there's any negative, um, any negative kind of side effects or down uh, or, or downsides to going about it this way. And then for Javicia Leslie's, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Wilder character. The costume looks fantastic. Uh, there's again no real debate or argument for me. I actually really like that the the, the, uh, the I don't know if this was it before, but the cape being kind of gradient and going from black to red on the on tour at the end, I actually really think is a nice little twist. I, I am curious though, like you know, she looks like Javicia Leslie, so I you know while I think there's suspension for disbelief with a lot of these heroes, I am curious how I'm supposed to, you know, to me, how will she look any different from, you know, the normal Ryan Wilder who's not Batwoman? And, and will that be a part of the conversation? That's the only, that's really my only gripe. You know, the one thing about having the, you know, the wig with, uh, with Kate Kane, which has always been part of the characters and nobody knows is Kate Kane because, you know, she's nobody, she doesn't have that long flowing red hair. So I, I am curious how they'll do that. Uh, but but the costume looks great. She looks great, and um, I'm excited to see uh, what they do with both of these shows. But let's get to the, the last story of today, guys, and we're going to talk about Green Lantern. So you know, we recently talked about new characters that will be appearing on Green Lantern. We know Guy Gardner is going to be part of it. We know Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, uh, you know, Kilowog is going to be in it. It's going to be uh, looks like a fun time. Alan Scott as well slated to be in that show. And uh, today, or recently, we got some comments from Mark Guggenheim, who's a producer for uh, Green Lantern, who uh, spoke to us a little bit. Well, not spoke to us, but spoke to, you know. Oh, we uh, got to spoke no, to us? We, we, sorry, he did not speak. We did not speak to us. I know I know. in recent weeks and months, I, we, I've had some scoops on things. But no, I did not speak to Mark Guggenheim about this. This was actually comicbook.com, who uh, spoke to uh, Mark Guggenheim. But they... <laughs> but uh, he, he gave some details about exactly how this show is being made because you know this is our first this is the first full really comic book venture for HBO Max I know we've had uh, you know so, uh, not talking um, what's the show uh, Doom Patrol but that's a, you know a DC Universe show and that was that's where that started this is like your first like original HBO Max superhero show and now we're getting some details on what we kind of can expect from the production value and level so when asked about it he said quote i don't i have i happen to believe and this is not universally held opinion that you can't do a 10 hour show or an even eight episode movie like an eight hour movie i don't think that works when i see it done there's always some flabby episodes in the middle i think you have to approach it like a tv series and approach each episode like it's his own entity even though it's streaming even though hopefully people will binge it You've got to make an episode, uh, each episode, a satisfying meal. He then goes on to say, you got to look at it with a different tempo than you have in a two-hour movie. That being said, certainly the show for HBO Max that we're all working on, we are approaching it with the production ambitions of a movie. 
So we're writing it like a TV show, but we're hoping to produce it like a film. So Kendall, given uh, Guggenheim's look at how at what he sees as a possible, you know, um, pitfalls of doing this kind of show, thinking of it like a movie, what do you make of this approach to how they're doing Green Lantern? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly exciting um, when you hear that uh, it seems like they're not going to, you know, spare any expense with this project. And that's something that we've talked about when it comes to the HBO Max uh, Green Lantern or any of the HBO Max uh, DC stuff. Um, you know, and it goes back to something I mentioned, I guess it was last week or two weeks ago when we talked about this, where I was, uh, you know, a little disappointed when I realized that what we saw from the from Christ on Infinite Earth uh, pertaining to Green Lantern was just taken from the the movie uh i was like it was concerning i was like does this mean that you know <laughs> what we're gonna get is completely worse or maybe that was them saying that we know that what we're gonna show is gonna be a similar quality if not better so why not put this out now and then you know set the bar you know because now if you downgrade now it looks crazy <laughs> if all of a sudden you know always like you know it looks like uh something from super world and you know it'll be very obvious so um yeah, I mean this is this is exciting. Uh you trying to say are you wait, are you trying to say that uh Argo City didn't meet the meet the Argo parameters you, <laughs> you that you want to see for uh OAB? <laughs> oh man, I still never I'll still the the worst I mean obviously people talk about the Red Tornado thing. Red Tornado that's you know, that's a bottom five, you know, of, of superhero television C G and graphics and whatnot, but I remember when they did a press conference. They had a fake press conference with uh, with Linda Carter, who was president. She was supposed to be on some like tarmac or something. And I mean, you, I was just like, man, she looks like she's in some. Oh, she's a green screen. Yeah, the green, yeah, the green screen. I remember those scenes. They did yeah, some, they had a similar issue with Lex Luthor in this season, this past season too, when he was giving yeah, multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he had that speech or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah. He was in Egypt, and he was. Oh yeah, that looked horrendous. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, we don't expect Green Lantern to look like Supergirl, but uh, shout-outs to, to Supergirl, but um, this should be exciting, you know? Um, do we think that the fact that Guggenheim is working on this gives there any possibility that Diggle does show up? What do you think, Chef? Uh Diggle? Because, obviously, Guggenheim, Arrow. I mean, you hope so. He's the one that added in the, the Green Lantern. He didn't have to, you know. Maybe again, maybe he was just messing around. I mean, I kind of, I kind of hope not. I just feel like you already have a lot of people, you know, on Earth or you know, or yeah, we have a bunch, you have a bunch I mean, of Green so. Lanterns already. I mean, yeah. you gotta get people back into something. I mean, we don't know he's John Stewart. He could just be John Diggle. Oh, all right, fine, <laughs> sure. Either way, I mean, you replace John Stewart. I mean, effectively, he'd be you replace John Stewart, John Dill, ain't nobody gonna be screaming and yelling and say, "Ah, what is this?" You know, it's like it'll be fine if you replace John Stewart with John Dill. Either way, um, man, I, I mean, I, I, I like what I'm hearing right now from Google and I. I very much like what I'm hearing. It sounds like they're really giving Green Lantern the the attention that it deserves. I think this show is. It seems like they're really going for something of a much higher quality than every, everything we've seen from the Arrowverse, um, which is very, very good. So I think it's it's required to me if you're doing Green Lantern.
Yeah, I, I would think so, too. And you would hope so. So, I mean, yeah, this is pretty much what I would want to hear. So this is, yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. We know they have a a, a million different Green Lanterns in the show. Um, and I think HBO Max, I think they, I think HBO, I think Warner, Warner, um, you know, Warner Media knows that if they want this to be, this streaming platform to be successful, they need to invest in it. And, you know, clearly Guggenheim or, you know, uh, you know, Johns or whoever made the case to to them to get the green light on this and to get the budget that they would need to do this well. Um, you know, they listened to them. So this is this is wonderful. This is fantastic. I can't wait to see the the end result of this. Yeah, I mean I I I I think that they're they're approaching this in a smart way. You know, I, I agree. Uh ten hour movie sounds terrible. AR movie sounds terrible. You know, that kind of write writing like for a movie just mm-hmm. doesn't work because movies always kind of build themselves to uh, they build themselves to an end. Usually, there's kind of like a, a you know a mini a mini climax, maybe a little bit before the climax, and then they build themselves back up to the third act where there's the climax. And you can't write that way for a TV show because. You just have a lot of kind of as as Google as uh, Google said. You kind of have a lot of bloated kind of like not like filler episodes. No, no be lack of a better term. Um, with TV, you kind of have to. Uh, yes, you're building to you know a story, but you kind of have to hit certain beats um, of that story, and and you have to have uh, kind of in some ways you know multiple kind of big story twists to kind of make the show remain engaging, as opposed to just waiting for twists or big things to happen at no towards the end. So I think that uh they're they're approaching this in a smart way. But um they're right. I mean to me the production ambitions, you know, need to be like it's a movie because it's Green Lantern. Again, there's some T V shows and we've we we've now been lucky enough to see uh which T V shows work better in terms of having a TV budget and still working out, which T V shows don't. We see, you know, an arrow can can get away with it. We've seen, you know, most of the time the Flash can get away with it. We've seen with Supergirl, it's a little more challenging, you know. Um, you know, we've seen with you know Daredevil, it's 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 easy and it can be done well. But we've seen with you know sometimes Luke Cage had some problems, you know. Every now and then, it's it's not always going to work out the way, um, the way you'd want it for a TV budget. But you just can't you can't do that for Green Lantern. I mean, people are flying in space. They have. Uh, you know, rings that can literally create any kind of object like that. That kind of thing you just can't. Uh, you, you can't short the budget for something like that. So, I'm happy that they are having that. Um, they've had that discussion, and it sounds like they've won that argument with Warner Brothers in terms of making sure the budget is high. But I, I like that there is also an emphasis on still writing the show as if it's a you know a normal television show because that's how we're going to be consuming it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm in agreement. I mean, I think with, I think having it because I mean, it is a show and it's not a movie, um, and, and of course they'd have to write it as a show and not just one long movie. Um, and, and I and I mean, I just think that's the correct approach to have. I mean, most of the Green Lantern media we've had so far in the Green Lantern show, which I, I unfortunately did consume. I've heard good things about it, <laughs> but uh, the Green Lantern show, the animated, yeah, the animated one, yes. Um, 
you know, which I, again, I've heard good things about. Um, we have had Green Lantern and various other shows, Justice League shows and, and um, Young Justice and things like that. We've had Green Lanterns appear. Um, and I feel like his story is one that, honestly, is probably better served as a show. Like, Agreed. Particularly better served as a show when compared yeah. to many other types of heroes. Because the story is so long and kind of convoluted. And, I mean, either a show or a series of movies. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... I it's think me, this- Green Lantern. Green Lantern has a lot of um, parallels to me to, like, Star Trek. Like, yeah. Star Trek works as a TV show because it's kind of like... They're, 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 you know, they're a unit that has a constant mission of keeping, uh, you know, order and keeping and, and, and saving people or, you know species all throughout the galaxy um and that's that's the green lantern you know the green lantern is it's not you know yes sometimes of course he has big stories that you know have a huge build up to one big climax but oftentimes it's you know him going around all throughout the galaxy sometimes he's on earth but other times he's not and he's you know encountering all different kinds of species and aliens and people and and that kind of story lends itself i agree totally to a tv show do you guys think that uh did you guys hear that uh, uh, Dexter's coming back? Yeah, I heard about that. To Showtime. I did uh, hear that, yeah. The only reason I bring that up is because uh, Stephen Mel tweeted, uh, uh, that's why uh, you never know, you, you never say never. And, you know, obviously, oh, all the Arrow fans, oh, my daughter's to me, all the Alicity people losing their minds. What are the odds? What's the percentage chance we get an Arrow comeback? I mean, I think that. I mean, I I still think we should get. We need to get that other Arrow show, Arrow and the Canary. Oh, Jamari, going back. To that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not letting that die. I'm not letting <laughs> that go. I'm waiting for that show. Uh, once once COVID is over, Arrow and the Canary. Yeah. Yeah, you right. might be disappointed. You might be disappointed, Sham. Is it, it's not looking good, man. I don't know. Yeah, and, I, and I and I look. I like that backdoor pilot. I would have wanted to see uh, what they could have done. I want, and, the, I want to see the McGregor uh, Lobo show. How come we never got that? Jesus. <laughs> that, 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 I, that I definitely did not need to keep. What's your number, EJ? Uh, 15? No, I'd say a little higher than that. I'd probably say like 30. Wow. 30. I, I think that, you know, because I, I think about that network. I think that network is more inclined to want to bring stuff back for ratings more than maybe other channels are. All right. Like I think I could see, I could see them bring, I could see them bringing that back five years later, five years from now. You know, they have no no show is really kind of you know set its tentpole as being you know the flagship show of the network, and they're kind of looking for for a spark. You know, could they bring back Arrow for another season, but maybe no commitments for future seasons beyond one? You know, maybe right. it's maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's even a shorter season, like a thirteen episode season. Yeah, yeah I could totally see that. Um, I I don't think it's likely, but you know that that to me I could definitely see. I don't I, I think I think Amel saying that I think I don't think he's saying that you know we're gonna get Arrow season whatever it would have been nine or ten, but I think him saying that is just I think it's him I think that they probably told him like you know we're not we don't plan to come back to this ever again but you know if if we want to you know will you be willing I'm sure he's had he's had to have had conversation to me. You know, I, I don't think that he's. 
I, I know he is kind of having fun with the fans, but I don't think he's having fun in like a way that isn't impo- that is impossible. Let me say that. Like if this, if it's impossible for Al to ever come back, I don't think there's any way he posts that. Right. I think he posts that knowing that today's, things break a certain way, we may be back into that. Uh, I may be back under that hood again. And in today's day and age of streaming services as well, you know, there's also the yeah, like, exactly. Going to Showtime, like there, there are yeah, because Arrow be on HBO Max. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do a, a season on HBO Max. It's like you say, HBO Max maybe stumbling out of the gates a little bit, and they need a they need a uh, a surefire thing. And I, you know, I've talked to you guys on I talked to you can on Sports Talk about this, and you guys have known like I you know I just finished my binge of the TV show The Game, which ironically was at one point a CW show. Like, 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 having done that, like, you know, that's a show that was, like, canceled twice, you know, and it's on its way back again, reportedly, uh, with another reboot. It's just, like, when, when you watch that show, I'm like, yo, anything's possible. Like, you're trying to tell yeah. me it can't. If it has enough of a fan base and enough of a, you know, they brought back uh, Gilmore Girls. I mean, any, any show that has a, a rabid fan base that is uh, solid and a guaranteed number, I think is totally within the realm that they could be back. Yeah. 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 Do you have a, Do you have a number, Sham? Real quick. Last thing. Do you have a number on what the percentage would be for an hour return? Uh, green hour and the canaries of forty percent. Jesus. Going fifty. never letting go of that green hour canaries. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, Stephen. And you got Stephen Amell hour return. I give that probably yeah. like a ten percent. I mean, it's it's possible. I I say ten percent within the next. Uh. 10 years, 10%. After that, yeah, you jump to like 30 for maybe. Oh, so you think the longer, you think the longer it goes, the more, the better chance we, like, we go beyond 10 years, you think there's a much better chance that he comes back? Yeah, maybe, I mean, with a fan campaign, a Snyder cut campaign, you know, some kind of campaign. And I think it's likely that he shows up individually at some point in something. I think he'll, yeah, I think that's, I get that, like, I get that like a 50% chance. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, so. Start of the universe, so the Arrowverse, you know, yeah. not the Flash. You universe, know, so yeah. I mean, he'll probably show up in something. Yeah, but in terms of the show itself, I mean, I give that a pretty low. They just canceled it. Yeah, you know, so I give that a pretty low percentage. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Uh, this was a good show. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it at home or wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check out uh, check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod. On Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And on Facebook, New Generation Media. You can find uh, me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Instagram, Action EJ. Shamari can be found on Snapchat and Instagram, MCSham22. And Kendall can be found on Twitter, uh, at New Gen Ken. That'll do it for now. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace. <laughs>